Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. Welcome back to the Go to Hell podcast. Strong opinions weekly held about Christianity, the church, and beer. Now let's join our hosts, Tim Curley and Colton Pierce. The Smashing Pumpkins, everybody. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to do some fun facts. A little background on this movie. When Matt and Ben first wrote it, they sold it to Castle Rock, which is a production company owned by Rob Reiner. If you don't know who Rob Reiner is, Google him. And if you still don't know who he is, then I know what age you are. Uh, if you do know who Rob Reiner is, then but without Googling, then I know what age you are. So, Andy, I'm speaking to you. So, Rob Reiner owns Castle Rock. I'm Googling Rob Reiner as we speak. Castle Rock originally owned the rights to this script for a couple of years. Then it was bought by Miramax. Miramax is owned. I don't know if it still is. But at the time, was owned by the Ill- infamous Harvey Weinstein. So keep that all in your minds as I'm going through this stuff. All right? Oh, wow. Yeah, you know who Rob Reiner is. I mean, I know. You know of him. Apparently. <laughs> I'm like looking at this and I'm like, yeah, I'm fully well aware of this guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actor and director and producer and owner of Castle Rock Production Company. All right. Although I haven't seen any of the movies where he is acting in. You haven't seen When Harry Met Sally? He's not in it, apparently. Yes, he is. According to No, 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 no. He's Reiner's... not in When Harry Met Sally. He... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wrong Meg Ryan rom-com. He is in uh, Sleep is in Seattle. There we go. I was like, I have seen that one, but I wouldn't be able to tell you who he was. I've never seen Bullets Over Broadway. I've never seen Throw Mama from the Train. I've never seen The First Wives Club, Primary Colors, EDTV, and I've never seen The Wolf of Wall Street. You haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street or Primary Colors? Okay, Wolf of Wall Street, I have purposely avoided like the plague because, like, listen, I'm not trying to watch. It's pretty filthy. Yeah, I'm I'm well aware. That's why I'm not trying uh, to watch it. <laughs> and, and I don't know what primary color is. And it's, about, it's basically about Bill Clinton. Um, in Sleepless in Seattle, he's uh, the friend. He bef- he's his I've friend. watched it once. Like, okay, never mind. Like, I was like, never I, mind. I don't know. Never mind. Okay. Fun fact number one, Miramax, which, again, owned by Harvey Weinstein, boo, wanted to make the movie PG-13. So you know what they did? They tried to get they tried to get them to remove 145 fuck bombs. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And apparently uh, whoever was stuck to their guns, Gus Van Sant and, and – uh, Matt and respect, <laughs> respect. All right, so this one's interesting. The original screenplay, which Castle Rock bought, was a thriller. So the move, the original movie that Ben and Matt settled on, what had a thriller element where good, where Will was trying to avoid. The federal government from compelling him 
to work for them or something. And so Rob Reiner, who owns Castle Rock and is also a director, said, yeah, get rid of the conspiracy thriller thing. That you're, you're ruining the movie, which they did. And thank you, Rob Reiner. Meathead's not good for a lot of things, but you were good for that. All right. Uh, Cas- but Castle Rock got it wrong on the... Castle Rock buys the rights to the movie, and they tell Matt and Ben... Yeah, we've got two ca- we got two actors that are great for the lead roles in the movie. You want to guess who they are? Who's going to play Will? It's 1995, 94 probably when this is being discussed. Who's going to play Will in 1995? Or guess who's going to play Ben? In 1995. Or, uh, yeah, Chucky. Well, okay, wait. I'm going to date myself here because, listen, I was... You're not. I can guarantee you're not. No, I feel like I am. Tom Cruise. Nope. That's not a terrible guess, though. Oh, okay, good. I was like, is that a bad guess? Do you not want to play the guess game anymore? No, I mean, like, I'm down to play the guess game, but I'm like, I'm trying to think, okay, hold on. But everybody that listens to this podcast is going to be like, what the hell are you guessing? Uh, Because, again, I was born in 1995. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, wait, one more time. Okay, who's going to play Will and who's going to play Chucky? Or who's going to play Will? Who's going to play Will? Who's going to play Chucky? Who's going to play Matt? Who's going to play Ben? One. Who's Matt and Ben? That's all four friends? Who's Matt and who's Ben? Who's going to play Matt Damon's character? Oh! And who's okay, going to okay, play okay. Ben Affleck's character? Okay, okay. I will tell you the Matt, the choice for Matt Damon makes sense. The Matt, the choice for Ben Affleck's character makes zero sense. Mm. And I don't even think it makes sense in 1994, 95, 96, 97, whatever. Yeah, 94, 95. Okay, um, okay, so if you say zero sense, does the guy who plays Ben's character, is it because it's an age difference? No, it is because the person they were they were putting in is a international superstar now. And art should have been seen as at the time. He did not fit for that role even in 1990-whatever, mid But it's not because of an age thing. No. No. I don't, I don't know what their age difference is, but it's not that No, 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 no. That's fine. I'm just, like, saying, like, you, you, they're not putting, like, a 40-year-old in your life. No, Why no, the no, hell no. would they put a 40-year-old in that Maybe position? someone who's 10 years older, but... Okay, so that that breaks that guess that I possibly had. Um, <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. I don't think he was popular enough at that point. In the 90s? In the mid-90s. And Boston as part of their stuff? or no? Nope. Oh, okay. They are nine years apart in age. Mm. Eight years apart, but you wouldn't know it. Ben Affleck's actually my age. No, because that's early. That, no, actually, he's a year younger. The hard part is like I'm trying. I'm Berkeley. Conf- I'm confusing. 
early early thousands yeah 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 fuck you no um this is not it's not a fair question yeah it's not okay hold on hold on you can decide not to play at any time because of the unfairness of it no because i want to take a guess at this but i'm trying to my three beers deep brain is trying to think so like you want me to walk you through some of my thought process here sure okay so easy money is like if you ever associate matt damon with anything you could go george clooney and brad pitt because you go through the oceans 11 kind of uh mindset where Mm -hmm. it's like okay they're in the same group i'm not taking that guess because i feel like that's too that's like that's like low-hanging fruit um but then again when was a river runs through it before this movie Okay, then I want to say Brad Pitt. All right, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you credit for Brad Pitt, but not for Matt Damon's character. They wanted Brad Pitt for for Chucky. For Chucky, which is ridiculous, especially after a river runs through it. Yeah, because the only way that works is if Chucky's a big part of the movie. And I'm sorry, Ben Affleck's character is supersized in the movie, but it is because of the few scenes he's in. Like, if you make him the whole thing in the movie and it's not Skarsgård, it's not Lambeau, the two teachers, that destroys the movie. Then it's just like, it turns into like a Animal House, like Jackass movie. Like, like it's just like a, you, there's no gravity to, anyway, so yes, Brad Pitt for Ben Affleck's character. And and Brad, I kept saying, like, yeah, they're nine years apart. Brad, actually, for his age, doesn't look like he's probably at that at, in the mid-90s like he's that much older. But, well, no, that's not true. Ben looks pretty young. Anyway. And then for the last character, and you say that this one kind of fits? Yeah, if you think about it, when you hear about it, it fits. So, yeah, Matt Damon's character... Also, very then, very big star. It's then I say Marky. Star. Then I say Marky Mark. That's not a bad guess. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair enough. Leonardo. I think Leonardo would have worked. Well, and I should have taken your when you said not Bostonian. I should have gone for Leonardo uh, DiCaprio sure. there. I think Leonardo in. It. I don't know. The, this kind of movie where it we're obviously doing it because it's like a quote unquote perfect movie. You try to envision somebody else and it just doesn't work. I I don't know. I think Leonardo would have overacted. To be honest with you, the I don't I don't know that he would have done Matt Damon's role as subtly as Matt Damon did. But I I don't know. Who who knows? So anyway, yeah, we'll never know. They want because it. they did What's it perfectly. Interesting is at this point. What, what this is illustrated above is that mid-90s, Leonardo and Brad are big characters. And yes. as big as Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are now, they, they, yeah, they'd had some big they'd had, they had a breakout role here and there, but they were not big enough. And the studio was like, oh, we need to have big, big roles for this. And as I'm going to bring up in the next thing, it didn't matter who you were paying. So how much – you want to guess how much money it – cost to make the movie 
Ooh, it's it seems like it's actually on a fairly cheap budget. Oh, it was a cheap budget. Even by 1995, 96 standards, it was a cheap budget. Because remember, the budget includes marketing. It was a cheap-ass movie to make. 500000 Not that cheap. $10 million. <laughs> All like, in ten million. It's like you oversold me on the cheap cheap. No, but. no, no, no. But that movie, you know, the movie. I, made... I, when I think of cheap cheap, I'm still thinking of Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, these okay, days, so. <laughs> ten million to make for Harvey Weinstein and Miramax, and they made two hundred twenty million dollars. That's quite a return. Uh, seven. It was at the Academy. It was the seventy seventieth Academy Awards awards uh it was up for nine awards do you remember what movie in 1997 98 it was up for for awards no you don't in 97 98 what movies were up for movie of the year well it had nine it had nine award uh nominations there was one other movie that had 11. Do you remember what that movie was? I didn't even at the time, but I find this movie highly overrated. So 1998. I think it was 98. When did the, when the Academy Awards come out? Yeah, they come out in the spring. Yeah. The movie came out in 97, so it would have been 98 Academy Awards. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm sorry for for associating. It already worked for me once, so we're going to... We're going to let it work for me again, and so therefore I'm going to say Titanic. Booyah! <laughs> Let's fucking go. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that you got that answer right, yes. <laughs> Titanic had 11 nominations, and uh, yeah, it was up against Titanic. So uh, Robin Williams went home with Best Supporting Actor, and Damon and Affleck went home uh, for Best Original Screenplay, and that was it. Uh, okay, last line of the movie. Earlier in the movie, uh, Rob Williams is trying to get some rapport with ben, with uh, Matt Damon, with uh, Will, and he tells a story about how he passes up tickets to the such-and-such such game of the World Series. Oh, that's a great... It Why did we talk scene. about that? Well, because it's a fun scene, but I don't think it's insightful. But I get it's about the whole, like... Life is the shit that matters. Like, living, that's true. Okay, living so, is the part that matters. So, Williams is, he's he's trying to get rapport with Ben, uh, with with Matt, saying like, yeah, so I was at, I, I could have been there for, and, okay, mind you, and I, I I was reminded of this when I'm watching the movie. This movie's made in 1997, so if you're watching this and you're and you're listening to this and you're a baseball fan, you're like, you got to remember, this movie was made before the Red Sox won the World Series they've won recently. So at the point that this movie is made, they the curse of the Bambino is still, still in, in effect. full effect, and there's no hope in sight. No, but it also... So wait, that scene also still shows the difference between Lambo and... That, that scene right there shows the difference between, again, also the same idea that... Uh, the the cra- the class warfare. It's the Lambo and Sean yes. difference, and it's also the the parts that uh, that Will is struggling with too, where it's like he chose the fucking girl over the Red Sox. Like what the fuck? Yeah. So Sean tells a story where uh, they've got get, uh, tickets to go see some game. I don't remember what game was. Some a game in the World World Series, and in the 
I should know what game it was. It's a very famous uh, game. Pudge, uh, Pudge, uh, what's his name? Famous uh, Hall of Fame player hits a home, famous home run, wins the game, and and Sean's telling the story that he skips on the game because at the bar they're at before the game, he finds a girl that he falls immediately in love with and tells his friends, "I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go to the game. I'm gonna." passes his ticket over and says, I'm going to go see about a girl. And this scene comes out, when we talked about it about earlier, where Will's talking about, why would I call Skylar? She's like this perfect thing right now. Why would I ruin all this? And Sean's trying to get him to, to go like, yeah, you've got to be vulnerable, kid, in order to get the girl you want. And I showed vulnerability and sacrifice in order to go up to this chick and find out. And I found out and we ended up marrying and I didn't regret missing a baseball game and a historic moment in baseball and I marry her. And I didn't even fucking regret it when she was dying of cancer. And I didn't regret it when she died of cancer. And so the line he tells his friends is I'm going to go see, I'm going to go see about a girl. And, and to which Will says, and your friends let you, let you get away with that shit. That's what he says. Didn't your friends let you get away with that shit? Yeah, I had to go see her. So, last line of the entire movie is Robin Williams at his place. He's getting ready to go travel. And Will has left a note at his door. And in the movie, and in the note, Will says to Sean, I got to go see about a girl because he's going to go see Skylar. Well, we don't know if he says that. Does it, do we? <laughs> He's going to go see about another girl. And he says... And Sean says, son of a bitch stole my line. That line is ad-libbed by Rob, Robin Williams. Yeah. That's a great line. That's a great line. Yeah, so I, I knew that that one was ad-libbed. So apparently the way they filmed that last scene was they, the, the, they had scripted the note, the letter, the note. Let note letter. Yeah, he has like you can see uh, outtakes from him, and he has like they go through a bunch, and they go through a bunch. But one of them was like, and as soon as he did that one, they were like, "That's it, that's it." And that's a great just bit of particularly back then where you're having like the cost of film and developing film, like when it's digital, it doesn't matter. But to just go like, here's the letter, and you respond to what the note is. We're gonna let you. come up with the line and you go through any so great little moment son of a bitch stole my line all right so there's another great scene that we didn't mention before where uh it might have been part of the scene we're just talking about before where damon is asking uh will asks sean if he regretted being married and sean says no 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 that comes from this moment. I think they're just sitting there and quiet. Will's not saying anything. And Sean, they've now spent one full session speaking in silence. And so Sean's like, all right, I'm going to break here and try to break the ice and not just sit here and be the one who refuses to speak first. And so he tells Will that his wife used to fart in her sleep. Again, that line is ad-libbed. So when Matt Damon is laughing in that scene, 
he is laughing for real because that is genuine. And the camera, when you watch the scene, it the camera's moving around. It's because the cameraman is not on a dolly. It's it's a handy cam, and the cameraman is laughing because whatever they're riffing, he just pulls that out, and then the camera. So and that's what they went with. So those are great little moments that I really like about movies. Where you find out someone comes up with a little bit of genius that's not scripted. Uh, <clears throat> the role of Skyler, played by Minnie Driver, was based on Matt Damon's ex-girlfriend, Skyler Satinstein, whom he met at Harvard. Before filming began, Satinstein left Damon for Metallica driver Lars Ulrich. Wow. <laughs> that's some cognitive dissonance right there. Yeah, I'm leaving you for the Metallica drummer. Fucking enter the Sandman, bro. <laughs> Fucking night, night. Fucking uh, Matt Damon. All right, uh, Matt Damon and Mini Driver. I think this was talked about in uh, the review by uh, what's his name? Matt Matt Damon and Mini Driver dated during production, which you can clearly see in a lot of their scenes. There's some real chemistry. But their romance eventually came to a very rocky end. I read on some of that. Apparently, it like they don't. They're still not on speaking terms as of today. So, I don't know what happened. I'm not going to blame it on one side or the other. But apparently, it did not end well. But as I mentioned before, I think Driver was really good at kind of internalizing. Like if this is a real breakup, when he breaks up with her, she internalized that like that style of acting, and that's why she looks like she got punched in the gut. Oh, yeah. Uh, the character of Sean, which again is Matt Damon's character, is based on a combination no. of, of Matt Damon's mom. Sean's character is. No, Sean is. Uh, sorry. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Sean, uh, Robin Williams' character is a combination of Matt Damon's mom and Ben Affleck's dad. Oh, interesting. And that's I got no any any more insight than that. And then to add to that, Ben Affleck's father and stepmother worked as janitors at Harvard. Oh, interesting. Which gave them a little bit of insight as to how the Matt Damon character would have been. And if you're hearing noise in the background, it's because the dogs are tussling. Uh, Mini Driver almost didn't get the part of Skyler. This is this is I at, when I first read this, I was like, this does isn't important, but it is it. It's too delicious not to include. Mini Driver almost didn't get the part of Skyler. Producer Harvey Weinstein, boo, didn't boo. think she was sexy and cute enough for the role. He's like, she was too old. She wouldn't do certain acts, sexual acts in the hotel. Uh, but Matt Damon and Affleck uh, refused to acquiesce, and she eventually got the role. Uh, so, okay, Chucky, which is Ben Affleck's character, takes place, his, his, uh, Chucky takes Will's place at a meeting with a company called Holden and McNeil. That's the interview that we talked about. Hewan and Packard. Holden and McNeil. Holden McNeil was the name of Ben Affleck's character in Chasing Amy, which he'd already done, done for. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. That was a little nice moment there. There apparently there had been a different name in the script when they originally did it, and they changed it to Holden McNeil. Uh, all right, you'll like this because you made comments of the boat while we were watching the movie on Friday. 
the picture of the boat in Sean's office that Matt Damon's character so cleverly excoriates was actually painted by director Gus Van Sant. <laughs> I was like, what was my what was my comment about it on Friday night? That it's a little old man in the sea? Yeah, it's this old man in the sea. <laughs> All right, uh, two more. And we'll wrap it up. Casey Affleck's lines, pretty much all of them are ad-libbed, which makes sense when you're watching the movie, and which is why I think Casey Affleck actually out of the entire movie, he's the better of the four young guys acting. Casey Affleck is phenomenal, and he's great in that, that role. He's He plays the stupid foil extremely well in all the scenes he's in, and uh, kudos to him for coming up really good ad- admin line, ad-libbed lines. All right, last one. So, the script is at Castle Rock at this point when I'm telling the story. It's not at uh, Mirror Max. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck used to slip Sean and Will sex scenes into the script. <laughs> they had creative differences with Castle Rock, which is Meathead's, uh, uh, Rob Reiner's company. And they felt the production co- production company wasn't reading any of their rewrites. So they did a test and inserted erotic scenes. Castle Rock never noticed, and the guys eventually got Miramax to buy the rights because they figured out Miramax, which w- was just sitting on the script, which, if you don't know anything about Hollywood, happens all the time. You buy a script, you sit on it. There's more scripts that get bought and never get pr- produced into movies or TV shows than the other way around because that's how much money they're sitting on. So here's an example of what they inserted. Sean walks to Will and unloads his conscience. Will takes a moment and then gives Sean a soulful look and then leans in and starts blowing him. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well... We thank you for listening to this five-hour session of the Go Hell podcast. It's really only been three and a half, but no. Three and a half? Three. We're at three minutes and 18. Yeah, roughly around three and a half. You're close. It's a good guess. This another marathon uh, episode, and we can't turn this into two since it's all on one subject. So, But it's an evergreen podcast so if it takes you a couple weeks to get through or a couple days then that's fine but regardless we just want to say thank you so much for listening to us Uh, we appreciate all of our viewers out there Um, if you'd like to uh, like or subscribe to us we highly uh, value your feedback Um, if you want to leave comments for us all that kind of stuff you can uh, subscribe to our sub stack or you can uh, rate and review us on any of our social media sites. But most importantly, if you sat there and you thought to yourself that, well, the best ending for Goodwill Hunting was for him to fucking off himself, well, then you can fucking go to hell. <laughs>